137,000 cases and nearly 10,000 deaths in the United States. And back here at home, paramedics are on the leading edge of the fight against coronavirus in what's expected to be the toughest week yet. It is something that you do have to prepare for mentally, and uh, it's not going to be easy to get through, to be honest. And Jesus says, in this world, we will have trouble. What's beautiful about this in a strange way is that I've never seen people come together the way I'm seeing it now. There is more than one world out there. You know, there's this world, this system that we live in, in which, in a sense, in which God does not reign in his fullness. We live in a world that is hurting. We live in a world that is uncertain. Not forever. We're in this world for this time, but there's another world that's different. Local ministers use the power of prayer to bless healthcare workers who are on the front line of fighting this pandemic. We're called to be the hands and feet of Christ, and uh, that's exactly what we did today. Was we bombarded heaven with our prayers. Let's lean into Jesus in the midst of the troubles of this world, and not just find peace together, but find purpose together. Happy Easter. Welcome to my living room. Thank you so much for inviting me into yours. He is risen. And this is where you would say he is risen indeed, right? That's our normal Easter greeting. And I know this year is weird. I can't hear you, but you can hear me. So I am trusting that we are connecting with the Lord together. I just want to say thank you to our worship team today. It's unbelievable to imagine all these different people in their homes, all recording with their headphones or however they did it to get such a beautiful set of worship for us. I hope that encouraged you and encouraged me today. So happy Easter, and thank you so much for making the best of this season. I see you on Instagram making crafts with your kids and doing the Bible stuff and doing some family meals. I know we're all trying to make Easter feel as Eastery as possible. You know, here in our family, we're doing the same thing where I got scooters for our kids and so we can all go outside today and jet around and ex experience life outside of our home a little bit, kind of six feet apart and all that. We're doing the ham thing. We're having ham together. That's like our family deal after church today. And so we are making the best of Easter. I actually promised my daughters today that they could read a scripture for us as we dive in. And so this is a scripture from John chapter 11. We took a little video of them. They're super cute. So be ready for that. This is Harper and Peyton reciting a resurrection passage for us from Lazarus in John 11. Here it comes. One, two, three. Jesus said... Yes. So we're trying to make this feel Eastery. I know you're trying to make this feel Eastery. And yet at the same time today, I want to call out the elephant in the room that Easter doesn't really feel like Easter this year, does it? 
And the other day, my, my voice said, hey, we want to go see our friends. And we said, well, you can't go see your friends. I said, we want to just give them a gift, an Easter gift. We said, you can't give them an Easter gift. And so they came up with this scheme that we found a way to make it work within the COVID regulations. We went to the store, grabbed a bunch of individually packaged peeps, you know, like those cardboard packages. And then my kids came out and they put on the masks and the gloves and they pulled out all the sanitizer and the wipes and they're wiping down all these packages of peeps and they're individually wrapping them all for their friends. And then we drove around the neighborhood and dropped one like a grocery drop on each person's porch. Then we drove home, texted them and said, go to your porch, there's a gift for you. And they came out and over text like, oh, that's so fun. At the same time, it's so weird. You're not supposed to celebrate Easter in a hazmat suit. You're not supposed to be stuck in your house. You're supposed to have brunch with your friends and your family. You're supposed to make this a time of joyful celebration. We're supposed to be together in this season, but we're not. In a lot of ways, it feels like COVID-19 has co-opted the joy of this season. And so we're doing our best to make Easter feel Eastery during a crazy time in our world. Now, the truth is it's hard to celebrate Easter in a season marked by death. And we're looking on the news every day and we're watching the death toll rising in our country and in our world. We see the hospitals filling. We watch the ventilators running out. We're praying that God flattens this curve before we hit this peak, that our resources won't be extinguished. We're hoping that we'll be back together again. We're hearing stories of folks who are going through the hardest times imaginable. And in the midst of all that, we're supposed to celebrate that our God is alive, that the tomb is empty, that the resurrection had happened. That's hard. I had calls with two different people this week who explained that that in the midst of this COVID season, they're not even thinking about coronavirus because each of them had a loved one diagnosed with stage four cancer this week. And I said, in the midst of this season, we, we can't even visit these people. We can't see them. We can't embrace them. We can't encourage them. We're connecting on the phone and and over Zoom and we're doing the best we can, but it doesn't feel like Easter. So we're doing the things that make life as normal as possible. And today, one of the things that makes life as normal as possible is we're going to go to the scriptures this morning. Now, as Christian people, we always go to the scriptures with our questions, with our fears, with our anxieties, with our stress, with our struggles. And so it's fitting that we open the word together today. At the same time, one of the things that makes Easter normal is that every Easter we preach the same story, which is Jesus Christ raising from the dead, conquering sin and death, and escaping from the tomb to start this resurrection life. And so we're going to read the same passage we always read on Easter, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you have Bibles with us today, why don't you jump in John chapter 20 with me. And I'm going to read for us as we begin just the first few verses in this section. John 20, verse 1 through verse 10. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. 
For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. I want to pray for us as we dive in today that God would encourage us and equip us and empower us as we study this text together. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would encourage us today. We need the encouragement of your resurrection as you raised your son from the dead. We need the encouragement that Jesus can bring. We need the encouragement from your spirit as he comes and illuminates the scriptures to us. We pray for the joy that comes with the season. We pray for the encouragement that comes in knowing that our God is alive. I pray for anyone who's listening today who is having a hard time in their spiritual lives, trusting that Christ is alive, that you are at work, that the Spirit is moving in this dark world. We pray that you would open their eyes today to the truth of your gospel, to the truth of Easter, to the truth of the resurrection of the Son of God. We pray this in his name. Amen. And one of the first things that, that I start missing when we do Easter like this is our sunrise service uh, on Easter Sunday morning. Actually, I have a picture I was looking at Instagram the other day. This is uh, me on Easter sunrise service in 2017, April 16th, 2017, in front of all these people. And looking at this now, it's so crazy to see this crowd of people around me. I see some of you that I know right now. I see you, Liz, right here in the front row. And it's it's encouraging to remember that we're going to be back together again, but at the same time, the emotion that comes at a service like that, I'm missing today. There's something about the sunrise service that just reminds me of that first Easter. Waking up early, it's still dark, like Mary going to a place where we're going to celebrate the resurrection, experiencing kind of the cool air of spring, knowing the warmth of summer is coming, just feeling the freshness and the excitement of finding out together that Christ is alive so that we can rejoice together. There's something about the emotion of that sunrise service that is intimate and beautiful and fresh and exciting and invigorating that has always just reminded me that this must be what the first Easter was like. Now the interesting thing is, as I read the text today and as I studied it this week, that's not at all what the first Easter was like. Now sometimes I think that, that our traditions of Easter with the joy and anticipation and excitement of the resurrection kind of co-op what it actually felt like that first Easter because I don't see any joy in Mary or the disciples in the text that we read today. I see fear, I see skepticism, I see wondering. And even in that passage where it says that they saw the linen cloths and believed, John's quick to come and say, no, not that they didn't believe the gospel. They didn't yet understand he had risen. They, they believed that he had been taken from the tomb. The emotion of that first moment on Easter is not excitement and invigoration. It's all these other hard emotions. As I look at this text today, I see that the context of the first Easter morning it was morning. It was Mary coming in, in her morning posture to bring spices to anoint the, the body of Jesus. They saw Jesus die a gruesome death on Good Friday. They were cut to the heart because their king was gone. They spent Saturday preparing the moment that the sun started to break and the Sabbath was over on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. They emerged from their homes and they came with heavy hearts to anoint the body of their king who was dead. And when Mary approaches the tomb and she sees the stone is rolled away, she's filled with dread and fear, not excitement. 
she goes in and she sees that Jesus is gone. And she says three different times in this passage, they must have taken the body of our Lord Jesus. She had no idea what was going on. I think part of the reason that it's encouraging to look at the text through this lens this year is we actually get a glimpse of the text the way that it was experienced in that first century. That these people who were coming to Easter, they, they didn't get it. It didn't feel Eastery. It didn't feel exciting. It felt like dread and sadness and scariness and, and mourning. You know, in our world right now, we are experiencing an Easter that feels like mourning together. I talked to a pastor this last week in the Midwest who, who said on Tuesday morning, a member of his church died from COVID-19 in the hospital. And he said, you know, what's hardest about this is there's fear with that because they probably contracted it on our church campus when we were together. There, there's just this angst with that because this person died alone. His family couldn't visit. His loved ones couldn't come by. No one could pay their last respects. And even in the next few weeks, as they do some semblance of a memorial service, no one can come. And so these people are just disappearing from our planet and it feels like there's a, a lacking of dignity that feels like there's this stress and disaster. It feels like a season of intense mourning. And the first Easter felt like a season of intense mourning at first as well. And so I think one thing that we can be encouraged by from the text today is that Easter is for the mourners. And if you're mourning, Easter is for you. If you're sad, Easter is a message that is for you. If you are having a hard time, this holiday was designed for you because the message of Easter for the, those who are mourning is our God is alive. Now, I love that video that we saw before uh, the sermon today uh, that David put together. David, you did an amazing job with that video. Just the juxtaposition of the hardship and sadness of this world against the beauty of God bringing resurrection life all over the place. We see the cracks of the concrete of our world kind of shining forth with light as worship emerges, as healing emerges, as beauty emerges, as our world bands together to do amazing things. We get a picture of the complexity of Easter, that Easter comes to a dark and mourning world, but it is a story of light, of life, bursting forth and bringing goodness into the world. Mary and Peter and John and these folks who experienced the first Easter morning, they didn't see it yet, but God in the midst of the brutal darkness of that weekend was beginning to shine forth his light. I've actually been really encouraged these last couple weeks seeing God bringing forth his light in our local church community. It's been beautiful to talk to folks uh, who are going through a hard time but are staying encouraged in the midst of all this. I talked to Lucy a couple days ago. Lucy Bauman runs our bookstore. She's amazing. She turned 91. And I can say that because I tried to make a joke about how young she was. And she said, I'm proud of being 91. She said, I'm stir crazy in my house right now. I haven't been outside for 23 days because I don't want to make anybody sick. But the other day I had to get out. And so I put on my mask. I put on my gloves. I drove to Wendy's and I got a Frosty just to see somebody. But I'm doing my part to flatten the curve. And God is good. He's going to use this time. And there's a beauty that comes from someone who gets that God's light will shine through this darkness. And I was so encouraged on Saturday to be out with our Cross Streets ministry. We were able to give 72,000 pounds of food away to hundreds of families. And as we saw these cars serpentining through our parking lot and these volunteers just throwing these safe and secured baskets of food into every trunk, I just felt like the light of God was bursting forth and going into all of these homes. And yes, there's a context of great sadness 
that there's hundreds of cars in our parking lot filled with people who are hungry and cannot afford to eat. And yet in the midst of this dark season, God is bringing forth light. He's drawing people together. It's so encouraging to see beautiful volunteers in that ministry in our gymnasium banding together from socially distant angles of the room to pull together these baskets and bags and boxes of food that they can safely deliver to people to bring God's love and God's provision to folks in the midst of great darkness. I've been encouraged this week by our preschool on campus, Happiness Hill. Enrollment is down, like down, down. Most preschools in our community have shut down just because nobody can go outside of their house to go to preschool. And yet our preschool felt compelled to stay open for the children of first responders and emergency workers. And so we've got some beautiful preschool workers who are there every day, putting their own lives at the line on the line with the highest risk population to care for these kids so that nurses and doctors and EMTs can and be out in the world. They're trying to bring the light of the glory of God and the resurrection power into the death of this season. Easter's for the mourners because the message of Easter is our God is alive. My question for you today is can you trust that God is alive and working in the midst of this season? You might be in your house right now saying, amen, I can, I see it, I'm part of it, he's working, it's great. But you might not. There's a chance that you're out there today and you're watching this, you're listening to this message and you're thinking, I just can't see it. I just can't trust it. It it feels like the silver lining that's inappropriate to talk about. It sounds like optimism that's a little too cotton candy for a season of our world that is so desperate like the season we're in now. I don't know if I could trust that God's alive. I don't know if I could trust that he's working. I just can't see it. Maybe you guys can all see it. Maybe I can't see something that you can all see see. If that's you today, you're not alone. You're not alone because I know there are other people out there feeling the same way as you. I'm seeing those folks on Twitter and Facebook and all over the place too, but I also know you're not alone because when I look at the text that we're reading today, that's the same vantage point that Mary brings to Resurrection Sunday. She can't see it. She comes to the tomb and she can't believe it. She says, Someone must have taken the body of Jesus. He's gone. The other disciples, they can't see it. And even as God continues to raise the stakes and try to reveal what's happening to Mary, she continues to not be able to see what's truly happening in the resurrection of the Son of God. This is verse 11 here. It says that Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus has lain, had lain one at the head and one at the foot. And these angels, these angelic beings clothed in white, say to Mary, woman, why are you weeping? But she doesn't get it. She says to them, they have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? But she did not know it was him. Whom are you seeking? He asked, supposing him to be the gardener. She says to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And we see in Mary's life that she had this narrative in her that was so overwhelming 
The narrative was that I came to visit my Savior and his body was stolen. And this narrative was so embedded deep within her soul that even when an angel came and said, hey, wake up, she couldn't see it. Even when Jesus came and said, Mary, I'm right here, she couldn't see it because the narrative of darkness, the narrative of death, the narrative of mourning was so overwhelming in her spirit that she was blinded to the truth of what Jesus was doing on Easter Sunday. It was a chance that that that's you, that you're in a place today as, as you think about Easter, that you are so blinded by the death of this season, that you're so blinded by the desperation of COVID-19, that you're so fearful because of the global pandemic, that the narrative that you've sensed of this world is so bleak and so dark, that even as God is working and moving and others of us are saying, it's amazing to see how God's light is coming in the midst of this darkness. All you can see is death and hardship and destruction, and you cannot see the beauty that God is bringing forth in the midst of all of this. It's part of the human condition that we are wired to not be able to see the work of God. If COVID-19 has destroyed this season for you, there's a chance that part of what's being destroyed is your faith in the midst of all of this. There's a chance that you came into the season and your faith was feeling strong, but now it's feeling like it's falling apart around you. There's a chance that you came into the season skeptical about the reality or truth of Jesus and the resurrection. And in the midst of this COVID-19 season, it's like your faith has been shipwrecked. You don't believe anything anymore. Maybe you don't know what you believe. Maybe you've never believed and you're here today connecting because someone told you to log on or you just felt like opening this up. And even though we're talking about the great things that God does in the midst of a season of mourning, you are just blind to it and you cannot see that God is at work. Now, I love in this text how Jesus comes to a woman who's in that exact predicament, who cannot see, who is blinded, who's desperate, who is, wants to follow Jesus, but she just believes that he is dead. We see that Jesus, as, he, she's, as Mary is coming to him, it's saying, just tell me where you've put the body of my Lord. In verse 16, it says, Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Something happens to Mary as Jesus bears with her. Something happens to Mary as Jesus calls her by her name. Something happens in the soul and the spirit of Mary as Jesus reaches out and abides with her and touches her that in Mary's life, it's like the scales fall off of her eyes, that the funk and the blindness and the darkness she's living in dissipates and all of a sudden she can see what's really happening, that even though this is a day that feels like desperate mourning and death, this is the best day of human history because Jesus has truly risen from the grave. This morning, if you are in a place where you are desperate, this evening, if you are in a place where you are shipwrecked in your faith, my prayer is that you would realize that Jesus is reaching out to you, that, that he's trying to get your attention, that he's trying to look in your eyes, that he's trying to tap on your shoulders, that he's trying to embrace you and say your name and open your eyes to the fact that he is truly alive. He is real. He is working. And there is a reality in this world that is beautiful in the midst of this terrible season. There's a chance even right now that, that you're starting to see, that you're starting to hope, that you're starting to feel, that you're starting to understand that Christ is calling to you. And, and if that is you today, respond to his call. 
I would love it if you would reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm trying to struggle with this whole faith thing. <laughs> I don't know where to turn. I feel like God might be real. I'm starting to see something, but I can't see it yet. I think of so many times that Jesus encounters people in the New Testament, in the gospel accounts, when he comes to someone who's blind and he takes the scales off, where their sight starts to get a little better, but he has to keep doing his work, where he says, where Jesus says to the man, God can do all things through he who believes. And the man says, I believe, help my unbelief. If you're there and you're starting to warm, you're starting to thaw in your faith, Keep following the promptings of Jesus in the midst of this dark and cold and dreary season. I know it doesn't feel like Easter, but Jesus is trying to draw you out of your tomb as well and have you join him in his resurrection life. Regardless to the state of the world, the truth is that Easter will never make sense to you until Jesus opens your eyes to the truth of the resurrection. If you're in a place right now where your eyes are closed. You can't see this. Turn to him. Ask him to open your eyes. Exert your faith in him. Cling to him. And he will warm your heart. His spirit will enter your life. He'll give you eyes to see. He'll start to take that blindness away. He'll give you a new vantage point. He'll give you a lens through which to see the world. He'll save your soul. He'll cleanse your sins. He'll give you his resurrection life. The, the Apostle Paul says later in the New Testament that the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will dwell in you if you believe by faith. The Spirit of God will give life to your bones, life to your spirit, and eternal life to you as you turn to Jesus in faith. Now, this is a, a season that is hard to believe. <laughs> this is a season where it's hard to celebrate Easter. But those of us who know Christ, we celebrate Easter because we know that he is working, he is alive, and God is doing beautiful things in the midst of the mess of this world. I love how this text closes when Jesus starts talking back to Mary after he opens her eyes to who he is. He says in verse 17 to Mary, don't cling to me. He says, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. And so Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. I love that Jesus says, hey, yes, I'm alive. I'm here. I'm with you. But don't hold on to me because I'm about to leave. I'm going to ascend into the heaven. I'm going to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to send forth my spirit. I'm going to equip and empower you to bring the light and the glory and the beauty of God, the life of the resurrection into the darkness and the dreariness of this place in which we live. Until Jesus comes back, he has commissioned us as his people to be the bearers of his truth, his gospel, his spirit, to be his light shining forth in a world that is dark and evil. So for those of you this week who are experiencing the life of Jesus in the midst of this dark season, you need to understand that God has placed you in this world to be his light wherever you go. Although Easter is the day that we celebrate Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive every day. He is on the right hand of the throne of God every moment. His spirit is dwelling us in us at every time, in every season, in the goodness, in the darkness, in the hardship, in the great times, in the spring, summer, winter, and fall of life. Jesus Christ is alive. He is risen and he is working in our midst. I was so encouraged last week. We, we did communion together as a church and I saw on Instagram later, somebody had tagged me. I'll show you the photo. Somebody had tagged me, tagged our church, and said that in the midst of the communion meal, their child came to know the Lord. 
This is Christiane here on Instagram. It says, praise the Lord. Kimberly accepted Jesus into her heart during remote church service and had her first communion with us. You know, I have to admit, these last couple of weeks have been really weird for me. I've told a lot of you that I feel like I'm a POW in some jail cell somewhere, in some concrete bunker, just preaching into a camera and hoping God is working. And it's so beautiful to see that as the message of the gospel goes forth, God is changing lives. God changes lives when we're together. He changes lives when we're apart. His spirit is at work in every season, including this one. And so let's celebrate together today that Jesus Christ is alive. And let me end our time together with a promise that even though this does not feel like Easter, when we gather again as a church, when we gather as a family, when we come back together in our place of worship and lift our praises to Jesus on that first Sunday, we're going to have the most Eastery Easter service of all time, regardless of the month of the year. Let me pray for us as we continue in our worship today. Let's pray. Father, I want to lift to you anyone who's hearing my voice right now and is far from you, that you would go to them in this moment. That like your son Jesus went to Mary after his resurrection and said, Mary, and got her attention and opened her eyes and softened her heart and warmed her spirit, that you would do that for men and women and kids right now, even at the sound of my voice, that your spirit would work to bring dead spiritually dead folks to life in the midst of this season, that a revival would break forth in this world, even as we see the darkness and death emerging, that your light would emerge all the more, that people would come to you, be drawn to you, that their lives would be changed, not for this earth only, but forever because of your spirit doing a powerful resurrecting work in them. I pray that you would come alongside us this week as we grieve, as we mourn, and remind us that we serve a God who is not dead, but he is alive and he is working. And let us co coexist in community even as we're apart. Let us co-labor with your spirit and let us remember that even though we are socially distant from each other, your spirit is immensely present with each of us as we dwell in our homes. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey everybody, thanks so much for watching. Hopefully you were encouraged by what you saw today. My name is Danny, I'm the pastor at Three Crosses and just wanna encourage you, if you're looking to connect more, you can check out our website, threecrosses.org. Uh, we stream our services every Sunday. You can jump in on that. Or if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, come and find us. We'd love to connect with you. Before you go today, hit the subscribe button. Keep up to date with what's going on week after week. We'd love to stay connected. Have a great one.